snaps back with spectacles, will the newly minted unicorn pipe change the way startups raise capital? How will SoftBank's mega fund impact the future of venture capital and the best pump up speeches for entrepreneurs? Our mission is to bring together the best venture capitalists to compete so you have the insights on how to invest with the best. Now let's meet our venture capitalist jumping in the Thunderdome. John Frankel, founding partner, FFDC, the most engaged technology venture capital firm in New York City, leads seed rounds with check sizes of $300,000 to $700,000. Christy Pitts, general partner, Backstage Capital, formerly with Verizon Ventures, runs a $36 million fund that has invested in over 150 underrepresented founders. Saxon Bomb, Florida Funders, the most active venture capital firm in the Southeast. Fund size, $75 million, focused on early stage startups. Charlie Last, Dallas Ventures, the ideation expert, founded and exited multiple startups in the UK and US. Senior lecturer at MIT and affectionately known as the Hitman. We got four VCs walking into the Thunderdome. Who's gonna strike first? Who's gonna strike hard? No mercy! Hit the electricity. Prime time VC. There are currently over 600 unicorns located across the world. What's an under the radar future unicorn that will have their coming out party this year. Christy, kick us off. All right, so the future unicorn that I wanna call out is a company called Tala. Uh, Tala is a FinTech company. Anyone with an Android smartphone globally can apply for a loan and receive an instant decision. Applications only take minutes and more than 4 million people worldwide have used Tala before. They had their Series D in 2019 and have raised over $200 million. So keep an eye out for Tala. Tala, okay, private company valued at $1 billion is the definition of a unicorn. I'm gonna go over to John. What's a under the radar unicorn? I think I'm gonna cheat here. Can I start off cheating this week, Charlie? I think so. Okay, go great. Um, so to set the tone, future unicorn is Owlet Baby Care. This is a company that's going public through a DSPAC Sandbridge Acquisition Group. And you're sponsored um, by them. Yeah. You know many, them? Aren't, if they're going public, does it count as a unicorn? Don't you have to be a privately it's traded not company? quite public. Especially through a SPAC. If you're, if you're wearing their swag, does that count? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 I'm wearing an outlet shirt. How did that happen? Weak. So hold on, even better. It's a future unicorn because the stock is trading at $9.99 and it's worth a billion dollars at 10 bucks a share. Okay. Connected nursery helps parents really bring up their babies safely and not die. Useful thing when you have a baby and uh, just a great team out of Utah. What can I tell All you? All right, keep an eye out for Alette in the SPAC. We're going to go over to Saxon. Yeah, it seems like John has some inside information he's pushing over there. I'm going to have to go with my, my guys. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm going to have to go with my guys over at Simple Bet. Uh, Simple Bet is a proprietary micro betting technology. Uh, they're out of New York. CEO's in Miami. He's a he's a great friend of mine, and they are providing amazing micro betting solutions so that you can bet in game. I'm sorry, you can bet in play, not just in game. So you have a batter at the plate. You can now bet whether it's going to be a ball, a strike, a single, a double, a home run. 
MLB is using it. The NBA is using it. FanDuel is using it. These guys are absolutely on fire. Simple bet sounds good. And I think only 25% of the market's legal right now, which will soon increase. So that's pretty good. Charlie Last, future unicorn uh, under the radar. Uh, it's adorable what you guys have suggested. Thank you very much for your contribution. Uh, the under the radar unicorn for me is Zapier. It's a life-saving no-code for small businesses. They've got 3,000 apps connected. They've only ever raised $1.3 million in funding and they've managed to become a billion dollar company uh, just by making things better. First mover advantage, their integrations are gonna change the way everyone operates. Terms to be also noted, Decacorn, which is a company worth valued at $10 billion, which is Uber, $62 billion valuation or Dropbox. Uh, Super Unicorn, $100 billion valuation, which would be Facebook before they went public. So keep that as a note as well. IPOs continue to bubble and quickly fade while underperforming after their debut. Meanwhile, crypto and DeFi are building momentum as they take us on a roller coaster nearly every other day. What is the current state of retail investing and what's the future? Saxon, you got up. dumb money chasing stupid money and stupid money chasing dumb money. You got money going into swing stocks. You got money going into doggy coin. You got money going into stuff that nobody's even heard of. You got to get back to the basics here, people. You got to be investing in value stocks. You got to be investing in blue, blue chip companies. A16Z came out with an article about two weeks ago talking about passive versus active investing. Active investing is gonna outperform the market, but you have to be investing in the right things. It's all about picking good companies and it's all about getting those dividend money. That's what it's about. All right, it's a good breakdown. Charlie Lass, uh, State of the Market. I think, yeah, I think what you said is partly right. People are chasing the dividends, uh, but retail investors have become far more active. They're seeing 30%, 40% gains in a day, but AMC today went up like 70%. Those are people chasing gains. It doesn't necessarily mean it's value. They're chasing volatility. Retail investors are torn. They've got the situation where they're following leaders like Elon Musk, who's suggesting that Dogecoin is something useful, which it may or may not be. It doesn't matter. If they're making money from it, they will continue to invest in it. With regards to crypto, 20% of US, American, US adults have got a crypto account and are trading even at a tiny level. It is going to change the way in which we all operate. Though is uh, trading at a high level. Cardona is pretty big out there, ADA. Uh, Christy, your thought on the uh, current market? All right, I just got one thing to say, which is diamond hands to the moon. Um, so I think that the markets are so crazy right now. It's, it's a roller coaster. Everybody needs to buckle up. And I am what you might call a geriatric millennial. So I have lived through a couple of crashes before in my lifetime, 2000 and 2007. And the markets are all over the place. It can be a lot of fun. I bought some AMC. I've been tracking it. I sold a little bit today. AMC today, yes, AMC yes, options. 35% return, but you also have to be, you know, really cautious, um, keep some money in an emergency fund and don't put it all in the market because it's unpredictable. That's my two I cents. On, if I can jump in on the AMC bit, there's this, this difference between equity trading and options trading. Like it doesn't take, a, doesn't take much to make a huge amount of money, but it, literally options is gambling, which people don't really, care about as much. The equity trading is something that can absolutely tank and people don't really get it. The options trading get Gatsby's. Wait, and it's, it's good, like Charlie, are you, trying, are you trying to say that options trading can't tank? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying that people, the, if you're going to trade options, then you have at least, well, potentially a little bit more understanding of how badly things could go. 
There we go. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's that makes more sense. That's cool. Oh, you can lose everything. But if we really keep it real, it can take it even faster. Let's go over to John. Give John his take. You guys are having too much fun. Give let John okay, join. Okay, for someone who's had far too many decades of experience in the stock market, I will tell you this: there are times to play, and there are times to put your toys away. And right now, you've got vicious rotation. It's a good time just to sit back and watch the tape and read it. And when it feels good, come back in and play. Bottom line here: um, it's a great time to get educated. Play small. Play smart. Use StockTwix, one of our portfolio companies, to see what everybody else is saying, whether it's crypto, whether it's stocks, whether it's options, and just get smart. And you can make a lot of money over time, which is why we do it. All right, StockTwix shout out. Uh, Saxon, I see you shaking your head. You wanted to jump in there, potentially. Yeah, you, you gotta pay to play, John. You gotta pay to play. Right now, there's so much money to be made in the markets. You gotta get your money to work. And you gotta be with Christy and Diamond Hands over here. You can't be paper hands. You gotta ride it to the top. We got money to be made. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if you play every day, you get exhausted. It's a killer. I've seen so many hedge fund guys retire in their 30s, gray-haired, with their little walkers, because they watch the screen every single day. We're excited to announce our partnership with M1 Finance in creating the Prime Time Portfolio. We're taking the insights from our VCs to buy stocks using the M1 Finance Super app. We're inviting you to download the app, the link below, to invest alongside us. All gains from these investments will be donated to the nonprofit Girls Who Code. Download the app and let's make some money for a good cause. Hot Sectors, powered by M1 Finance. Pipe has been touted as one of the most important fintech companies of our lifetime and just raised $250 million, led by Greenspring Associates giving a $2 billion valuation. The industry's first subscription financing platform is letting SaaS companies turn subscriptions into upfront cash flow. Will Pipe fundamentally change the way entrepreneurs and organizations raise capital to fund their growth? Hitman, Charlie Lass, start it off. Yes, is the answer. There you go. Take that clip. No, Pipe is expanding from SaaS to all kinds of businesses. It's, it's enabling that expansion from a bootstrapped garage-based startup into something that can actually really scale without giving away half the farm. It changes the way a company can scale and grow. Uh, between its launch in, uh, was it June last year? Uh, tens of millions of trades taking place through its marketplace. Uh, the ARR is fantastic, uh, and their billion dollar valuation, I think, is, is very well justified. Chrissy, you agree with this? How uh, Pipe changing the way entrepreneurs raise capital? Yeah, so I think that Pipe is a really cool company. Um, it's been a, this concept has been around for a long time with the idea of like invoice factoring, but now Pipe takes it to another level with being able to collect data on its clients and really finance them. But I wanted to bring up another um, company, Charlie, that I think it, nobody should sleep on, and it's a little bit under the radar right now, which is TikTok. So TikTok has been um, giving more than $100 million to small businesses in terms of ad credits. And I think this is really interesting because I've been speaking with a few CPG founders recently who found success on the platform. TikTok is continuing to innovate and give them more financing options and it's driving a ton of sales. So I think that in addition to Pipe, we're gonna see some other- Advertising revenue on, on, on TikTok. Sorry to jump in, I'm completely in support. The metric and the conversion rate of advertising on TikTok is amazing. Yes. Yeah, the TikTok numbers are great, and I think that Instagram really needs to start worrying. 
Facebook as well. Forget Facebook. Uh, natural transition to our TikTok star, John Frankel. Uh, your thoughts on this pipe changing the, uh, the You game. know, in, innovation comes slow and then it comes fast. And we've been talking about um, uh, factoring uh, for a long time, as I think Christy said. But their ability to build marketplace liquidity and allow SaaS initially and non-SaaS companies to fund receivables, I think is fascinating. And I really think that this is part of a change we're gonna see. You know, there's a lot of innovation that's needed. This will help with funding generally. And uh, I think it's only just a start. They hope they can own the whole market. Let's see if that happens. Okay, uh, Saxon, you agree with this uh, on the pipe? I, I, I love pipe, I love the product, but I, I think there's a bigger mechanism here that's actually putting the power in the hands of the entrepreneur, and that's the ability to easily create an SPV online at this point. You have some amazing platforms. Uh, Angels List is leading the charge. There's a few others that I know that are allowing entrepreneurs to put out their own SPVs. Angels List has a product called Rollup, where no longer do you even need a manager to manage that SPV. You as the CEO of your company, of your own company, can manage that SPV. So allowing, sort of building on the, the crowdfunding aspect of everything, I think the ability to create, manage an SPV is really what's going to change the funding landscape here moving forward. Chrissy. For a founder to roll up their own SPV, I agree, that's cool, that's innovative. But at the end of the day, the founder is still giving up equity in comparison to Pipe, where a founder can finance their operations and they don't have to give up equity for it. It's clearly a, a better option. Yeah, I mean, a founder could always factor their invoices. A factoring company isn't anything different. I think the unique thing about Pipe is that investors are now getting higher yield. Yeah, but hang on, but in order to get to that point, they need some bloody revenue. This is the kind of situation that actually gets people to market faster. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You need revenue? Bloody revenue. What's revenue? <laughs> Mega funds. SoftBank's Vision Fund is back. Once labeled a flop after losing $13 billion last year, SoftBank announced a profit of $12 billion this quarter. SoftBank's success has proven that mega funds can pay off in venture capital. What impact will mega funds like SoftBank have on venture capital going forward? John, please enlighten well, us. Well, firstly, you cannot measure the performance of these funds quarter to quarter even year to year. You need a decade, maybe two decades to prove it out. But there is a ton of money. There's trillions of liquidity being pumped into the US economy, into the dollar economy, and it's working its way into private companies, which is great. But the big issue here is the companies can take it because we build all the infrastructure for companies to grow incredibly fast. We just talked about Pipe being a $2 billion plus company in, you know, two years. It's like ridiculous. You could never do that before. The Fed has allowed growth to be bid. Growth can be bid. We've got great growth companies. It allows these large funds to come along. Okay, Saxon, do you agree on this? What impact will mega funds have, like SoftBank have in venture capital? Uh, you know, I think that there's always a place for these mega funds and, and they're gonna continue to invest in companies and they're gonna make their turns, but they're not gonna get crazy outsized returns. I mean, they're not investing in companies that are pre-revenue seed deals. They're investing in companies that are gonna go public in a year or so, or even less than that. The big opportunity, I still think, is seed and pre-seed investing. That's when more investors can get involved. That's when the outsized returns really can hit. So there is room for the mega funds, but you know, I really do think we got to get back to our bread and butter, and that's early stage investing, and that's really where the money's made. I want to double down on that. 
early stage is not a wash with capital. You always hear about, you know, hundreds of startup funds setting up, etc. The early stage, the amount of capital deployed has been fairly steady. All of the slosh into large, into venture has been at the larger side. Yep. And the early stage, is it's fun. It gets people going and it creates the opportunities for the later stage. So, you know, what can I tell you? Oh yeah, we very, run the early stage. Very right? important, That's very important. Charlie, uh, I've been waiting patiently here. Mega funds, your thoughts uh, on So this? last time I uh, was asked about the uh, IPO I had in mind, which was WeWork, which didn't go perfectly, if I'm honest. Uh, SoftBank also took a hit from that. For me, that's reflective of the, the massive win or the massive loss that these mega funds can take. I completely agree with the, uh, the startup seed angel level. That's what our fund does, um, focus specifically on Dallas. But you're going to see investors who are looking for even bigger returns and creating even bigger risk and therefore even bigger losses. I think that they're going to disappear soon. You think mega funds are going to disappear? It's my view. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. You were wrong about WeWork, which lost $2 billion. Uh, but also SoftBank was an early investor in Yahoo, Alibaba. They have an 84% stake in Sprint. Uh, shout out to my boy, uh, Masasun, you know, whose estimated worth is $35 billion as well. But Christy, yeah, we, we see these huge funds just vanish. Um, I think that people are going to get even Christy more. Christy doesn't risk. agree with you, and we're going to give it over to Christy. Yeah, so I definitely disagree that I do not think that the Vision Fund is going to disappear. And I think, you know, there are a lot of initial worries about uh, having mega funds in the market and how they're going to delay IPOs, but we can put those worries to rest now. We've had an IPO blitz and a SPAC blitz over the last 18 months. So my view is that mega funds are going to continue to fill the gap between venture private equity and public markets. And we're going to continue to see ambitious founders raise huge rounds. And sometimes we'll see huge returns, but also sometimes that may not be the case. Okay, Masayoshi son, doing big things, my guy. Uh, we're going into the finals here. And unfortunately, our guy, Charlie and John, you are not in the finals. We, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We got people flexing on you right now. Just getting flexed on. I don't know, Chrissy, what are your thoughts? You gonna take it easy on me or what? No, sorry, not today. <laughs> no, today's not the day. I got diamond hands on myself. <laughs> uh, are you saying I got paper hands over here? Is that what I'm hearing? I mean. The Money Round, brought to you by First Republic Bank. Spectacles are back. Snap spends $500 million in acquiring Wave Optics, the startup that supplied the technology that helps power the AR glasses. Buy or sell the future of Snap's spectacles the second time around. I'm going to give it to Christy to start us off. Bye. Snap is so much fun. Spectacles have come a long way. I think that this technology is really going to be just a fun part of daily life. So I definitely recommend buy, 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 buy spectacles. Big fan of spectacles. Saxon, you agree? Uh, Buying on the spectacles. Even even if she said sell, I would still say sell. And I love wearing spectacles. These glasses are going nowhere, just like Google Glass went nowhere, just like the first Snapchat glasses went nowhere. The only glasses people are wearing are hater blockers, and that's what you need to do with these Snapchat glasses. Block them out, block them out. Upskilling and cohort learning continues to pick up momentum. If you can teach a masterclass to the founders within your portfolio companies, what skills or topics 
would you focus on and why? Saxon, over to yeah, you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with sales. I mean, nothing matters unless you have revenue coming through the door, unless you're generating revenue from sales. So I'm gonna have to say selling and teaching how to sell. Uh, back in my early infancy of my career, I went to Sandler sales class. It is an amazing class that they teach you how to sell everything from cold calling to closing. It's all about selling and it's all about revenue. That is the gas on the fire for running a business. ABC always be closing. Christy, that's what it's about. What are you? Gonna, what would you teach? All right. So I'm sorry to say, cold calling is very much last century. In fact, now we don't. It doesn't happen anymore. It's LinkedIn DMs and that's it. But um, I'm gonna flex a little bit. I'm gonna say if I was gonna teach a class, an area that my portfolio calls on me for all the time is corporate partnerships and business development. Before I was at Backstage, I worked at Verizon where I led the partnership in 2013, back in the day with Uber. And I also worked on the Verizon Ventures team where we deployed $100 million a year into startups that were strategic for Verizon. So basically, I am down to help you make the most of Fortune 500 connections. For any of the startups in my portfolio, or if you want to hit me up on Twitter or TikTok, I can help you out. Strong, strong flex. Lolita Top continues to inspire entrepreneurs with her golden tweets. What's your best pregame pump-up speech for aspiring entrepreneurs? Christy, hype us up. All right, so I'm going to start off with the real real, which is for anybody that wants to become a founder, you can do it. The founder community is here to see you win. And there are lots of VCs, friendly ones like us. We might talk a little smack, but we still wanna see you win. So jump in and take the leap. The worst thing that could happen is you're back in a day job. And then I also wanna say, don't forget to have your, your jams as well. One of my favorites is Lizzo. Hair toss, check the nails, feeling good as hell. Ooh, man, that's a tough one to follow, Saxon. What uh, are you gonna, you know, what's your pump up speech here? Because it's the NHL playoffs, I'm gonna have to go with the famous Herb Brooks, the miracle speech. Tonight is your night. Their time is over. Today, it's your time. It's your time to go out there, start that business, start that idea that you've always wanted to see successful. If you fail, you'll fail hard and you'll fail fast and you'll get back up and you'll do it again. It's all about trying because it's your time. Their time was over. Solid all around, solid all around. I'm gonna, this is a close one, but uh, we're going to give it to Christy. The, uh, the Lizzo speech won it. So Saxton, welcome to the show, but Christy's been flexing on you. So that, that's, congratulations, Christy. Unbelievable. You, you got your first win. You're about to win the mail. Handshake, handshake, uh, <laughs> The final word. So I'm a general partner at a firm called Backstage Capital. And um, at Backstage, we've been investing in companies led by underrepresented and underestimated founders since 2015. Women, people of color, and LGBTQ founders. You can join us. Invest alongside us at Backstage Crowd, backstagecrowd.com. We're sharing deals every month for both accredited and non-accredited investors. So um, if you're interested in diversifying your portfolio, put your money where your mouth is and join us at Backstage Crowd. Yes, Charlie, thank you for having me. I'm so excited that I won. Hey, thanks for watching Primetime VC. If you made it this far, we want you on the team. We're hiring, we're growing, we're building out an empire. We want you. Follow us on social media, check out the podcast. Let's grow together. Appreciate you. See you next week.